Oh my. Oh my. It is H1. And we're about to run it back with another episode. Running it, running it back. Ah, running it, running it back. Ah, running it, running it back. Ah, yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Man, I really appreciate all the support that you've been giving me. I appreciate all of you listening in and just learning from H1 because H1 likes sharing experiences with y'all. So please continue to support me. Please continue to give me good ratings and and just being very positive about this. I'm working really hard to do this and I need y'all help because I'm just starting out. I feel like I'm just a beginner, but with y'all support, y'all make me feel like I'm a I'm an expert. I'm advanced in talking and doing this stuff. And not only your support would help me to become a better podcaster, but it can help me get better equipment. So please help help a brother out. Help a brother out. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I just want to say something very clear just to start off this podcast on chess mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. You cannot avoid them. It's going to happen. H1 knows. H1 has made many mistakes out of the 12 years. I think it's 13. Since it's 2020 right now, it's been 13 years. I've made probably more than... I don't know, a million mistakes now? And I've been playing chess for that long? Yeah, I've been probably making mistakes every single game, probably five mistakes, especially when I was starting out playing P-Money. I made so many mistakes that he just probably got tired of playing me, and then he was like, nah, I'm going to bed. And I was like, P-Money, I want to play some more because I just wanted to hang out with my big bro. But he was like, nah, I'm going to bed. He probably went upstairs to play on a PS2 to play some Max Payne. But yeah, that was uh, that was it for my childhood. And when you start out playing chess, you cannot avoid mistakes at all. We're human. It's in our system. Don't try to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Even top 10 grandmasters, even if, even Magnus Carlsen makes mistakes. Gary Kasparov made mistakes. Bobby Fischer made mistakes. Everybody does it. There's this one person that tried to tell me that Bobby Fischer never made a mistake when he played chess. And I called that person stupid and an idiot. I was very disrespectful. I shouldn't have did that, but I was a young kid. I called that person stupid and I called the person an idiot because... Everybody makes mistakes. Bobby Fischer, even in the movie that they created called Pawn Sacrifice, he lost to his first opponent. He lost to his first opponent. 
Bobby Fischer wasn't all that great, but he grew from those losses to be one of the best chess players in the whole entire world. So if we can't avoid mistakes, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to get better at playing chess? Because I wanted to listen to this content or this episode to get away from mistakes, to be perfect in my game. And it don't and to not make major mistakes when I'm playing chess. Well, think about this. When you're thinking about mistakes, don't think about not doing mistakes in a chess game. That's not the real question. The real question is how to lessen your mistakes. Okay? The mistakes are going to happen. You're going to do some pretty bad ones. But what is your psychology after the mistake? What do you do after that mistake? Or how bad is that mistake? Is it just an inaccuracy or is it a blunder? Because those two phrases are super different. The whole point of chess is to lessen your mistakes on a chessboard. You do less mistakes than your opponent. Whoever does the most mistakes or whoever does the most inaccuracies and especially whoever does the most blunders will lose unless the other player doesn't know how to capitalize on it. But whoever does the most mistakes usually lose the chess game. I just think that this is a a super gem that you should remember because I always grew up playing chess and I never thought about it like this your goal in chess is not when when i was thinking about man i just keep on messing up in this chess game i how do i stop dropping pieces how do i do this how do i stop falling for tactics but a better goal to have in chess is to how to make lesser mistakes than your opponent so that's kind of what we're going to dive in today How to make lesser mistakes than your opponent. How? Hmm. Well, one thing to know is that before I get into this is that both of you are human. Both of you are not perfect. And when you play somebody, don't expect somebody to be perfect. When you play somebody, you got to be confident in your skills. You got to not be intimidated by the person's rating or by the person's persona. I don't care who is sitting across from you. They make mistakes, too. They mess up and they can mess up just as badly as you. Some people are good at not showing it. Some people have a really good poker face and don't show it at all. They're like they, they just stare at you or at the board they just keep on staring even though their last move was complete garbage was complete trash they will just keep silent about it until you play your next move and then once you play your next move then they're like super i had people like that when i was playing in tournaments like oh wow you could have took that or you could have did that but you decided to do that because i don't i don't know you you didn't take that opportunity so I I, that, I guess that's some advice. Make sure you take your opportunities in chess and make sure that you don't become careless about your chess play. 
because you need to recognize that in chess, it's not about just doing your own thing, doing your own moves, but you got to make sure that your opponent is doing good moves too. And then once they mess up, then you take that opportunity and flip the position on them and make sure that they die and perish just like the gauntlet off of off the avengers just make sure that they disappear you know what i mean you gotta you gotta be with it when you're playing chess and not only do you have to be with it but you just have to um have common sense about it you have to have common sense you're not the only one that lose be confident in that you're not the only one that's gonna really wreck a winning position you're not the only one that's gonna lose on time you're not the only one that's gonna blow the last game in a tournament and don't get the first place trophy everybody's in the same boat everybody lose money everybody get a scam every once in a while everybody i don't i was trying to think of some more experiences but that did not work out but we're we're all in the same boat and you just gotta recognize that that each player in a chess tournament they can screw up a game instead of when you look around in the chess tournament if you go to your next chess tournament look around don't think about who's better than who or who's top rated or Who's been playing chess longer? Don't think about that. Just be like, hey, everybody messes up just like me. Everybody's human. Nobody get praised. I can beat whoever I want, whomever I want. And I'm confident in my ability to find their mistakes. And once you have that attitude, that can that can take you far. Just like little Magnus Carlsen when he, when he was playing Gary Kasparov. I forgot what age he was, but he was like in his early teens playing Gary Kasparov, who was a world champion, and he got a draw. You think that kid respected Gary Kasparov? <laughs> no. No, he did not. Especially not when he was playing him in that chess game because he was doing so many banging moves just left and right. But... He got a draw, even though in that game he had a winning position. Maybe he got a little bit hesitant, but he he pulled off a draw against a world champion at that young age. And that's why he's the world champion now. Man, I need to figure out some more experiences with some other grandmasters instead of just talking about Magnus Carlsen. That will be coming up in these next episodes. That will be my homework. But anyway, yeah, you just got to just make sure that you see everybody eye to eye instead of you looking up to everybody pretty much you're on the same level until after the game if you lose you'd be like dang let me learn from you then you can be humble but during a chess game you're on the same level no exceptions no excuses you know the same thing that he, you know the same thing that they know you know the same tactics that they know that, that will get you far. That that attitude will get you so far into chess. I promise you. Keep on going forward with that, and you do good. I just wanted to let you know before we start these chess mistakes, how to avoid them, how to lessen these chess mistakes, that you know that everybody loses. 
everybody lose. Everybody lose. Understand me. Let let that sink in into your heart. Okay? And don't just lose and just expect that you not a good player anymore because most people try chess and then they lose a couple games and then they feel sad and then they just stop playing chess and then they just carry the notion that they they're not good enough or they're not smart enough they don't have a higher h iq but that's that's just wrong you just you just got disappointed in yourself you just you're not positively thinking about how to get better because a positive person after they lose would just I don't know, learn from their mistakes and learn more about chess and keep on carrying on, just learning awesome things, learning from different grandmasters, learning about the mistake that they did in that game that they lost specifically, instead of just looking at the engine. Man, I'm going on a rant. Man, it's time for commercial break. Before I continue, it's time for commercial break and I'll see you back here in about, I don't know, a few seconds. Let's let's go. Welcome to the waiting room segment. Chess jokes by H1. And the joke for this episode is Where did the chess player sleep? In a king-size bed. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you for listening. in the building and let's just get this over with i'm gonna be talking about the multiple the multiple mistakes that i have made in my chess career in my chess journey and from right now i could think about three man no my phone did not just drop if you don't get up i could think about three mistakes that i have made that i'm not very proud of that i regret but those mistakes made me a better person <laughs> it made me a better chess player too but it, it it really encouraged me to not just sink into my losses not to think about it that much and just learn from those losses so that I can be better next time so I guess let's just get started in the first story the first story is kind of sad because I was older I should have known better. And I had no reason losing this match. So the first story was, it was at a chess tournament. This chess tournament was another link chess tournament, nonprofit organization, blah, blah, blah. I talked about it the first episode. And when I was in high school, and that's when this tournament was, when I was in high school, I was a junior. And in high school, I had a team and we was the Raytown team. And I really liked this team. The team was really cool. They was really encouraging. We we had a lot of fun doing chess. And at these tournaments, we always used to wear full-on suits to these tournaments. So we was always the nicest ones at the tournaments. 
nicer than the ones that were just wearing jeans and a t-shirt you're gonna go to a chess tournament wearing jeans and a t-shirt but anyway there's no problem wearing jeans and a t-shirt to a chess tournament no disrespect to all the parents out there that's that's living living life and they're just trying to get their kids to do extracurricular activities but at the tournaments we was always looking clean i had my tie i had my black suit you know what i mean i had my buttoned down t-shirt and yeah we, we we was pretty cool but at the same time at this tournament i was very overconfident before this tournament i was practicing a lot i didn't sleep the night before I didn't get my McDonald's that morning, but I got, I ate some food. I, I probably ate some cereal. I, teenagers, teenagers food schedule just sucks, but it was a Saturday morning. I was really pumped up for it. I didn't sleep the night before. I probably played some fast chess, some bullet chess, which is probably the worst thing to play when you're about to play 30 minute chess the next day. But anyway, I I practiced some tactics. I practiced with the team just to make sure that they're doing good. But I didn't practice. I didn't study that much at that time because I thought that I was just going to win that chess tournament anyway because I was getting prepared for a bigger chess tournament that year that I was happy about. Because, because I'll, man, I should just show you how many trophies I have, but I always won those link tournaments. I don't know. I don't know why it, it just became uninterested to me. And that was just a bad attitude to have, especially as a teenager. I didn't know how to control myself. I didn't know how to stop myself from thinking this way. But I was the type of person that I wasn't this way outward. Like when I was having conversations with people, I always acted modest and humble and just always acted like a good kid. It, it, I always acted like this <laughs> outwardly. I wouldn't act all boastful outwardly because my mama raised me right. Okay. I didn't disrespect my opponent. I did not want to be confrontational. I was not a confrontational person. I always used confrontation and made it into a joke so that I can get out of the, the confrontation pretty much i was that type of person but on the inside i was feeling all this pressure and i was feeling like i was the man pretty much because i was the man at that time because as a 16 year old i thought that i knew everything just like every other teenager i had my i had my flip phone i was walking in this tournament with my team we was great we already won a couple we already won a couple tournaments before this tournament and I was, I was pumped. I was like, yeah, hey, y'all ready for round three? Y'all ready to win this? Y'all ready to win this? And they was like, hey, calm down. And I was like, well, y'all practice. I already know how powerful y'all are. Y'all gotta whoop all of these people. Y'all gonna whoop all these kids. I don't care what kind of kid you playing. You got, you gonna whoop all of them. So first round, it started. They announce where the papers were going to be for the for the rounds who's going to be white who's going to be black the high schoolers were more modest than the little kids that were just trampling over you so we went over to the papers after uh, the kids was over there why don't the kids why don't the parents ever control their kids at the tournament okay your kids should not be running around 
to that to the papers to figure out their rounds without their parents. You can get control of your kid. Shoot, I know my kid's not gonna be like that. Shoot, some bad kids. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So we so we went afterwards. Um, we looked at the paper. I was like, oh, I'm the white piece. It's cool. And I was facing. Let's call him. Let's call him John. And so I was facing John. And then I saw his rating. And then I saw mine. And I was like, nah, this is gonna be a piece of cake. In my head. I wouldn't show that, but I went to the chess board. My queen and king was set up wrong, so I switched those over. He sat in front of me. John sat in front of me. He was a cool dude. I said, "Nice to meet you. What, how long you been playing chess? You know the usual chess talk. Oh, um, do you have any favorite openings or whatever?" I was very, I, I was very conversational. I even talked to the people that were beside me. It was very. It was a very closed up room. Um, I, I had my teammates beside me. They was, they was, I'm um, cheering me on. They was like, go, go, David, go, wait, 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 what? I was like, shh, H1's my name. I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, I almost said my name, but yeah, H1 that they was cheering on. H1 is the person that they was cheering on. And it was right beside me. And they was like, yeah, uh, go H1, go win this. And oh, man, I always was so nervous when they said that because I didn't want the my opponent to be like negative against me and just wanted me to, and just wanted to tear me up. So I was like, I don't know. my I never underestimated my opponent. That was like my go-to just to, just to divide that confrontation, just to make it into a joking matter. Just, I don't, I don't want anybody to be mad at me, and I don't, I don't really, I got away with my whole school life without fighting, I'm that type of person, I always made friends with everybody, so I just wanted everybody to be happy, and laugh, and let's just have fun, because this is a chess journey, and I, I was just super excited to be in this environment, so the high school, we were separate from the middle schoolers and the elementary kids, so it was a lot quieter, and then once the tournament started, I shook John's hand. He shook H1's hand, and I was and I was ready. We played a couple moves. I was an E4 player back then, so I did that. Uh, we played a couple moves, got to the middle game, and then I don't know what exactly happened, but I was playing a couple moves. I was pushing the clock. We had the 30-minute clock. And then my brain just got into this mode of just thinking about my moves. Have you ever had that when you're just playing a game, just thinking about your moves and not thinking about your opponent's moves or what he could do? You're not thinking about his checks, captures and threats. Well, that happens to me a lot. More than usual, especially when I don't get a good night's sleep or if I'm not healthy or if I drink like a pop before a game that happens to me because my brain is not cycling like it should be doing in a chess game but I remember in that game just playing moves and not thinking and just clicking the clock playing the move clicking the clock and and especially that game I didn't notate because 
the past tournaments, I always won the first game. Usually the first person is the easiest person of the whole tournament. But not this time. So embarrassing. (laughs) This moment was so embarrassing. I did my last move. You know, I I was like, yeah, I'm going to control the center. But I didn't see what my opponent was planning. Well, he had his queen bishop battery just eyeing that h2 square. And I saw it after I clicked the clock. And it was so embarrassing. And I tried to keep a straight face after I saw it. It it took him a minute. But then he saw the h2 square with the pawn. And my king was castled. So my rook was on f1. And my pawns were all on f2, g2, h2. And he had that queen staring right at h2. And then he saw it. He touched, the, he touched his queen. He reached all the way to h2. He took my pawn on h2 with my king on g1. And he said, checkmate. I had no piece to fend in that square. My knight wasn't on f3. It was dramatic for me when he did that. I didn't talk after that. I set it up. I set up the pieces. He looked at me. I looked at him. It was complete silence. I told him, hey, yeah, let's go to the front. Let's tell him who won and who, who lost. And so I went up to the front. And uh, even the guy, even the guy that was taking the rounds, I, I knew the guy personally, and he was like, um, who won? And I was like, I, I lost, he won, black won. And he, his face looked surprised too. That's 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 how many times I was winning. His face looked surprised, and he was like, oh. I, I hate when people say, oh, or like, like they're surprised or something. Like, if I'm depressed, if something bad happens, don't just say, oh. Don't, don't do that. You mean, get that crap out of here, bro. But that's that's what he did. He was like, oh, okay. Well, black one. Um, get ready for the next game. And the thing about losing that game is that everybody else were still playing except for the, the kids I lost to the four-move checkmate. But everybody else was still playing, all my team members. And then I went back to my team leader. He was a older gentleman. We're going to call him... Um, we're going to call him Mr. Dillon. And Mr. Dillon, he was, he was a cool coach. He's been my coach since sixth grade. And I went up to him and I was like, I, I lost. And he was like, what? You lost your first game? And I was like, yeah, I, I did. And then he asked me, like, what happened? And I just told him what happened. This this story, I was going too fast. I wasn't considering my opponent's moves and I was already overconfident before the game and I was disappointed but when my team members came back they was like what happened and then I was like I lost and this this is the thing it's sad when you're expected to win each game because you're you're the the top dog out of the whole team and it's sad to lose a game when you have a team because at first, when I was playing long during my middle school years, 
I was just losing myself. I was just losing myself. Nobody else. Maybe, I don't know. My brother wasn't playing in, wasn't playing in the tournament, but maybe I felt like I was losing and, and I was disappointing my brother maybe when I was in middle school. But when I was in that moment in high school and I told all my teammates that I lost, it disappointed me. H1 felt horrible. And after that, I just had to get my head in the right frame. In the right frame of mind. So I went over the game because it was short. It was like 15 moves and I remembered it. And I showed them how I lost. And they was like, man, that sucks. And dang, uh, that, that sucks. But my team was, they was so uplifting that uh, there is one guy. Um, we're going to call him. Um, yeah, we're going to call him Jake. And he he was so uplifting. He was like. You know, since you since you lost the first game, that means the next game is going to be easier. And I was I didn't want to hear that, man. I I didn't want to hear that. But I, somehow some way I got myself out of that funk that I was in. And I, I played a couple of fast games with my teammates. We played some bug cows. I got super excited again. I was hearing their results and I was um, seeing their games that they notated that I didn't do, which I felt bad because I was not only um, part of the team, but I was the coach too. But I was still a junior, so I, yeah. But I, I got uplifted, and then I went into the next game, and then I, this is the thing about me. I always felt super bad about the next game after I lost. Because the thing is, you don't you don't want to hurt the next person after you lose. But when I lose a game, I just want to I just want to beat the crap out of the next person. So bad, I don't even care about the next person's morals or uh, their standards or if they played a good game or not. I just want to attack them. Usually, I'm a very solid person when I'm playing chess. But once I lose, that solid person goes out the window. I just want to attack their king and just murder that person on the chessboard. Murder the pieces. Capture all the pieces. And then get a couple queens and then deliver checkmate. That's what I mean. I did not care. Or I just want to do a fancy checkmate. And even though there was a checkmate right there... I decided to take a piece and do another <laughs> checkmate. That's the type of anger that I was feeling that I had when I was a teenager. And that's exactly what happened. The next four games, I won brutally each single one. And that's what happens when I lose. I, I come up more aggressive. And every time I lost and I went into the next game, I never... I don't think I have a bad experience with the next game like I was overreaching. I just think that it just happened somehow. And maybe because it's a weaker opponent, but yeah, the the next game is always super ugly. Always super ugly because I don't hold back anymore. It's it's like I don't fear losing anymore. I don't fear this 
um, sensation to um, try to prove anything to somebody. I already lost the game, so what what else do I have to lose? I already lost a chance to get first place. I already lost a chance to get second place, too, because usually the top four is always um, the, the people that won all their games. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how that tournament ended, and I felt really bad for those contestants because they wasn't they because <laughs> they wasn't contestants anymore they was they was just um they was just my um body bags pretty much i just needed something to punch so that i can get this anger out and then once that happened that school bus back home as we still won the the team trophy yeah that was that was perfect for me yep and we sung every single time we um, left the tournament so that's my very first uh, story of just doing a a mistake that I really regret that didn't have to happen but it just led up to that so yeah it, it sucked I should have got more sleep I should have um, not been super overconfident I should have at least slow down and notate it in those games and always think about my opponent's move more than my own because I I can't think about my plan when I don't know nothing about my opponent's plan and I should always think about that so I learned a lot and it made me a better chess player to the tournaments to come that year because my junior year in my senior year was my most important tournaments of my whole entire life. So, yeah, that was the first mistake. That was the first story. The this the other two are pretty short, but we're going to run on commercial break right quick and y'all be back. So, yeah, let's roll that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the waiting room segment, quotes by H1. And the quote of the episode is, I can't play chess without a beer. Thank you for listening. Okay, we are back, H1, H1. What more do you have to share? Well, I still have two more mistakes that I promised to tell y'all that I regret. Okay, let's get started in one of them. These are going to be shorter stories than the last one. I am sorry, but we're going to call this guy Mike. Now, me and... P money used to go to these libraries all the time and it wasn't the same library lessons that he that I was talking about the first lesson but these guys used to be at the library and um 
and I used to play this one guy a lot, and his name was, let's, let's say Mike, now Mike, he, he was a character, okay, he always, he was that type of person that talked during each game, just like, just like all the chess hustlers in New York City or whatever, so each move that he played, he, he talked about it, and he, he trash talked you and he played fast and tried to intimidate you, which I was pumped up for it. Like I was ready. I every time I played uh, Mike in chess, it was a big thing for me because he was fun to play. I was only in seventh grade when I when I met him at the library and we played a lot of games. And our first encounter, P Money was like, "Hey, can you can you play my little brother?" And then. Michael's like, you really gonna stick your little brother at me, bruh? And then, yeah, that's that's pretty much how it happened. And then we got to the chessboard, and then we set the clock, probably most likely five minutes, and then we got started in some blitz. And we we went quickly. He played really fast in chess, and I think that this is a common mistake that happens in chess, is when your opponent plays fast, you start to play fast too. Well, as a seventh grader that was just beginning on this chess journey, probably going through like a few months of this chess journey, I, I didn't know that I didn't have to go as fast as my opponent. Actually, not that I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that he was trick. It's it was it was complicated. Nobody never told me that I can go on my own. But nobody never told me how much I should be thinking in a blitz chess tournament or, I mean, in a blitz game. Nobody told me what I should go faster on, which part, or it's just those specific things. I was never taught at that age. So when I saw Mr. Mike going fast and starting out fast and hitting the clock hard I did it too and I was excited even though my um uh, h1 himself was going fast I uh, I I I was playing bad moves it wasn't all good moves and it was ridiculous because he used to mop the floor with me every single time and I, and it was hard for me to beat him our first encounter. I think we played like three games and he beat me all of them. I was sad about it. Yeah, but it was a learning lesson because I I was super excited. He was this tall guy. He used to play fast. He used to, his arm used to go across the whole table. And I was like, well, am I, I mean, I can play fast too. And then for my arm to go across the whole table, I had to like stand up from the seat to go across the whole table but I was trying to be quiet too since we was in a library and yeah it wasn't an enclosed space for us chess players it was out in the open but yeah he was he was uh intimidating I guess I I guess I was trying to prove something that shouldn't have been my idea my idea shouldn't have been to prove my chess skills it should have just been to just play good chess moves, stay focused, what's going on in the position, not my opponent. In that circumstance, you can say that I was playing the person, not the game. And Mike, he he delivered that. And it took me a while to beat him a few times, but I, I got my handle on him once I slowed down, deciphered what I should be doing, looking at the position. It, it really... 
it really helped me out just slowing down thinking about it and slowing down in a chest position in five minutes can be hard but this is this is the routine you should be having in there especially five minutes there's there's a routine first of all the opening should always be quick you should always know your opening straight out the bat because once you play your opening straight off the bat straight out of <laughs> with your intuition your middle game should be the part of what you think about you're thinking about your plans you're thinking about what you should be doing with your position with your pieces what are your pieces doing how can i increase their quality and uh, how can i gain more space how can i get more time to attack you how can i take control of the center in the middle game that's when you think the most in the opening you should just already have the principles to just develop all your pieces and castle your king and try to get a part of the center you know those those things should just be in the back of your head all the time and then the real games is the middle game and end game you should be thinking about so usually it's like one minute in the opening i don't know um probably one two minutes in the middle game and then another two minutes for the end game or if the middle game is really stressful, probably 250. You got to leave some room for the end game because the end game is just as hard as the, as the middle game sometimes, even though it's less pieces. But once I started slowing down, it really increased my chest. Once I started not trying to be at the pace of my opponent, even, even when I was losing the P money the first year, he actually got mad for me thinking super long in a chest position that's when i think that it started curving a little bit of like me getting used to playing p money because you remember when i was talking about he used to slam the pieces and he used to go fast too and he used to always do a coin trade because he was seeing things faster than me but i wasn't playing the board i was playing my opponent and that's not good so i slowed down I slowed down tremendously because when I was playing P Money, we didn't we didn't use the clock, not not that much at least. And if we did, then it, it was always like ten to fifteen minutes. But I had to slow down just to comprehend what was going on a little bit more. And then once I started comprehending the positions, because basically chess is like algorithms. Once I got those algorithms in, and then I then in those positions i got a little bit quicker and then i started growing in my chest behavior and my and like comparing the chest principles in my head because you know kids they can sponge things a lot quicker than adults and it's so cheating and embarrassing <laughs> it's embarrassing when a kid can beat you it is i don't i don't care i don't care since we're in 2020 it's embarrassing when a kid beats you in chess and i know a lot of kids that can demolish me chess there was a nine-year-old in this in one of the tournaments that i was in and he was 1900 and that was four years ago you know what he <laughs> you know what he probably is now i don't know but i'm pretty sure he's a grandmaster now because that kid he was playing in a higher bracket than me i was four years ago i was in that tournament and i I just hit over 1600 and that kid, that nine-year-old was already over 1900 and he used to bring this bright chessboard because at, at these tournaments, 
they have to bring their own chessboards and his chessboard was always the brightest colors and I was like man I would hate to lose on that board but yeah that was that was my experience with Mike that I just have to learn to slow down and just don't play the opponent just look at the board and see what I'm supposed to do I guess it was Mike and P money so yeah hmm the second, I mean, not the second one, the third experience that I had that I, I regret is just all the years that I was playing online without doing this. I always wondered, like, why couldn't I pass, I don't like 1,200? And then when I got past 1,200, why couldn't I pass 1,600? It, it, it all started at 1,000. There was this computer named Laura. And she used to demolish me every single time, just beat on me. And I was, I was just a sixth grader or seventh grader. I, nah, I just, I just wanted to win one. I just wanted to pass a thousand rating barrier on this computer. And it was super hard. So, man, I just started playing more games, playing more games. And I just wasn't winning. And each day I just, I had all this knowledge in my head. I knew how to do the majority of checkmates i knew how to do the rook king checkmate now i knew how to do the queen king checkmate still i knew all the checkmates but not the bishop knight that was that was too ahead of me but i knew all these checkmates but i couldn't beat this girl laura come on laura i just trying to i'm just trying to be this kid that passed a thousand rating i just trying to be cool so i was playing her one day and then I got to win. And I was super happy. I was like, yes, I got to win. I got to win. Okay, let me play another one. Maybe I can win again. I lost again. And then I went back to the win. I was like, what did I do differently? What did I think about differently? And then I realized something. In that game, not only did I think longer, so it gets to the point of slowing down, but I started double checking what I was calculating, like the tactics that I was calculating. Like, first of all, this is the list. Some some people go by this differently, but first of all, you look at your opponent's threats, captures, and and you, you just look at your opponent's um, plans and threats, okay? That's the first thing after each one of your opponent's moves. And then you look at your plans, your tactics, your strategies that you should be doing. And then after you get that, if there is tactics or if there is strategies, then you calculate them. That's the third step. Then you calculate. You calculate your best moves. And then after one of your best moves, you calculate probably three to four of their best moves. Then you see which one is the best one. And then you just go back and forth. And then I forgot about that fourth step. And that fourth step can be very important when you're starting out playing chess. And this is the problem with speed chess because sometimes that fourth step goes out the window. Sometimes people just ignore that fourth step and just play chess. And just they're just overconfident about their calculation abilities. Like, oh, I got it right the first time. Why do I need to look at it again? There's no other moves that they can play. Well, that fourth step is blunder checking and by blunder checking i mean recycle 
those calculations in your head one more time, just a little bit. If it's fast, if it's a fast game, then sometimes you can skip that step. But usually it's good to just look and just think about it just one more time. Just that one more time. And then you might see a you might see something different that second time. When I was teaching chess to students, they they used to ask me, why can't I why can't I do the move first and then notate and then hit the clock? Because I always used to teach to notate first, do the move, then hit the clock. And I was like, well, usually when I notate first, because I already calculated the moves, usually when I notate and then look at the board again, then I do my blunder check. And then there are so many times, I wish I had my old notating books, but there were so many times where I had to erase that, erase that move off those pages because it was the wrong move. That was not the right way to go about it. And then I had to write a whole different move because I just found a move that my opponent could do that just blew my mind that I was close to doing that mistake on the board in a tournament setting. Because in a tournament setting, once you touch a piece, which this is the touch move rule, once you touch a piece, you have to move it. And once you move it to a square, you can't, there's no take backs. There's no take backs. This is how brutal chess is. Once you touch a piece, you have to. You have to move it. Once you touch your opponent's piece, if you can take it, you have to take it. And that's the rules of chess. There's no take backs. There's no, there's no sympathy. There's no kindness. If it's a bad move, yeah, you have to do it. And I got stories for that, for that later on in the episodes, because I lost a major tournament by that touch move rule. But yeah, it's it is so it's important to double check your work always. And that's the fourth step. So when you're playing chess, if you're trying to lesser your mistakes, I talked about a lot of stuff in these stories, but I can limit it to this. Um, I think one of the first things I talked about was don't be overconfident. Um let me okay don't don't um don't play your opponent play the chessboard play the board that's in front of you uh don't play move super fast don't don't rush the position you gotta slow down you can't rush the position and plus if you can, it would be good to notate to slow you down when you're playing chess so that you can play accurate moves. It's hard to... You don't realize how hard it is to find the best move. Just look at some tournaments on YouTube, um, the Grand Chess Tour. It's really hard to find the best move. There, That's why there's grandmasters that play one and a half hour games because it's that hard to find the best move. So it's it's good for you to just slow down, notate, um, um, don't play your opponent, play the board, and make sure you do that fourth step, especially if it's like 30 minute game, 
especially when it's a, a a hard position, a difficult position to get through, you have to double check your position. You have to double check your position always because that's the fourth step. Okay, because I mentioned the four steps usually is to look at your opponent's move and make sure that they don't have any threats with that or you figure out what's their plans and then you look at your plans to look at your threats, look at your strategies and tactics. And then that third one, calculate throughout, then double check. So I think we're going to hit commercial break. I wonder what this next part is going to be about. And this is probably going to be a long. It's probably going to be a long episode. It's going to be a lot of information. We'll see. I don't know. Let's continue right quick, though. This is the waiting room segment. Multiple choice by H1. And the question for this episode is When was Bobby Fischer born? Was it A, 1952, B, 1943, C, 1865, or D, 2010. If you picked B, you are correct. It was 1943. Thank you for listening. H1 is here, and what what else are we going to talk about in this mistakes? Well, we're going to get down to business, and we're going to talk about concentration in a chess game. Most chess players lose concentration from anything, and I'm going to just say a few, but there's more, and I can talk about concentration in a chess game all day, but these are the three things I'm going to talk about, and the first one is going to be to not to not lose your concentration when you're winning I've seen so many games by myself and by my students and by grandmasters that butcher the game because they was winning I've seen grandmasters they was winning the game and then all of a sudden they drew the game. And it was full out winning. Like it was like five plus on the computer, on the engine. But they decided to get overconfident and not think about their opponent's drawing capabilities. And I know you might be thinking, well, he still got a draw or she still got a draw. Like what's wrong with a draw? That's way worse than a loss. Well, you got to understand, as a chess player, when you're in a winning position and you already have winning in your mind and you already have the story to tell somebody how you won in your mind and you're writing out these moves. And then plus for grandmasters, it's more embarrassing because that game 
It's in a database forever for everybody to see. So if they lose a winning game, everybody's going to remember. I know for myself, I've lost winning games and I remember those. And I used to write those, write that comment on the top of my notation sheet all the time that I was winning. And then I lost it all the time just to figure out what mistake I did and what made me lose my concentration. Man, it sucks losing a winning game. But anyway, it's concentration sometimes fall off when you do your first mistake in a chess game. And by this mistake, it can be as little as you doing the wrong rook to the wrong file or as little as losing a pawn or maybe you lost an exchange that gets more severe but it it doesn't even have to be like a blunder it could be a little inaccuracy It it didn't even change the position the position at all but that can make you lose that concentration once you see that you made the mistake it just it sucks seeing the mistake on the board and just keeping your mouth shut or just letting that mistake just soak into your heart and then you're just like um beating yourself up just saying dang i could have made a better move that other move would have been way better why did i do that this sucks this is horrible and then that's when you lose your concentration right when you start talking to yourself like that that's when you lose your concentration and then you can't do good moves after that and this is one of the phrases that i learned um when i was getting serious in chess in high school when i was getting up in the rating is that usually the first mistake don't lose the game it's sometimes the second mistake. The second mistake is what does it. And I, I can see that in some games. And if you look up, maybe you did one mistake in your chess game recently online. And if you look up what happened, how did I lose this? And then you just be like, well, that first mistake sucked. And sometimes I would look at the computer and be like, dang, that first mistake sucked. But then the computer would be like, nah, it was still dead even after that mistake. And then I'm like, how did I lose? Well, I stopped searching for moves. I I stopped searching for good moves, the best move of the position. And then I just, that second mistake just started doing horrible moves after that, horrible plans. And I just wasn't in the right mind. I just thought that the world was ending after that first mistake. And that's what some people think. But how can you overcome that first mistake? That's where confidence come in. You got to be confident in your first mistake. Like every human does mistakes. And once you're confident in that, then you can just go ahead and just be like, okay, I made one mistake, but let's get this. Let's get back into the chess mode. Like, let's say that you was winning. You was winning the game. You was up a full piece, like a full bishop. But then a position arose where he did a tactic and took that that extra bishop away from you. And so now you're dead even. 
what do you do? How do you feel? What are you thinking? If you're thinking, oh, I could have won this. Wow. Why did I do that? Why, why did I allow him to do that? I could have did such a, I could have did a better move to prevent that. Ah, oh, you're thinking wrong. You got to stop that because the game is not over yet. I just said that that your opponent took that extra piece back. So your opponent messed up by giving you the extra piece and then he took that extra piece back with a tactic. So now it's an even game again. So now you should be in a chess mode is just saying, okay, I have to win this again. I have to win this position again. That's the chess mode you should be in. You shouldn't be pondering over your mistakes especially over the board do that pondering after the game do that do that pondering when you're looking at the when you're looking at your losses afterwards don't don't do it over the chessboard figure out how to save that game and i'm gonna have a an episode talking about um never never stop fighting so that's gonna help tremendously but when you're uh, in a chess game, your main focus should be winning the chess game and making sure you're overwhelming your opponent with your chess moves. And if you're not in, in that uh, demonstration, you're not even losing. I said that the game is completely equal after your opponent took that piece back with the tactic. So you still have chances. You still have chances to win. It's just that the fight continues. Don't let the don't let that reason that the fight continues to hinder you from doing good chess moves after that. You got to try hard. You got to keep that full concentration throughout the whole game. Because if you don't, then you will get beat the majority of the time. And especially if you are taking chess seriously or if you're facing a really good opponent. And yeah, don't 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 do that don't usually it's the second or third mistake that ruins the game that's all you should remember that first mistake just just let it pass if you're not getting checkmated that next move just let that pass and just continue and i know that i already got into the third step but i was gonna say don't ponder over that mistake that was the third step it sucks i already mentioned it let's continue Yada, yada, yada. H1 messed up. My bad. But don't ponder over your mistakes. It just makes you more depressed. You got to have positive thinking in chess. If you have negative thinking, then you're not going to be a good chess player, to be honest. I mean, you can think badly of yourself when you lose the game, maybe. But you can't. You're not going to progress if your main goal isn't winning and you're just pondering over your losses. That's not going forward. You got to learn from your losses. Learn from your mistakes. But if you're just pondering, just beating yourself up over it, and you're just taking away all the good parts in your life, in your soul, then it doesn't work out. Okay? I got one more thing to talk about, but let's let's just think we're going to have this last commercial break right quick and... H1 is gonna H1 is gonna deliver this last part. Man, this is a long episode.
Hey, it's H1. And I'm going to deliver this last point on chess mistakes that people do that is really bad is deliver excuses. Like, why? Why do you deliver excuses so much? Like, if there's a reason behind that mistake, just don't blame it on things you can't control. Like, I see so many people run by a mistake in a chess game, and then they're like, well, I didn't see that fork. That fork, it ruined it all for me. That's that's the only thing. If I play the next game, I'll, I'll probably spot that. And I'm like... That's that's how far your mistake goes. Is that it? Because I think it goes further. Because if you don't see a chess mistake like that, a simple fork, then that means that you need to practice on seeing your opponent's checks, captures, and threats. You got to go further in your chess mistakes. If you're not going deep into the crescent of your chess mistakes, you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to get a higher rating. You're not going to get better if you keep on making excuses for your chess mistakes. There better be a tornado outside. There better be a hurricane, a pandemic. There better be something going on near that chessboard that prevents you from playing chess. Then I'll be like, okay, that's a good excuse. But if there's some sorry excuse like, well, I wasn't hydrated enough to play chess. Then I'm going to look at you and then I'm going to turn away because I don't hang out with people that does excuses like that. There's a lot more in chess than than just that. Like for that example, for let's go back to that example that I said again. What prevented you from seeing that fork, that that tactic? Usually you see it all the time and you did all the tactic puzzles. So you know what a fork is or you know what that tactic is. Maybe there's something psychologically going on. What was you thinking about during that time? What would you do differently? What would you do differently to avoid that to happen? Because this, because especially like if it's a slower game and you didn't see that. I would understand more if it was a one minute or three minute game that you didn't see a simple for it. You'd be like, it was time control. But even then, I would be like, well, how can you get yourself out of time pressure so that you can see things like this? So you don't mess up this much again or you don't do this blunder again. There's always something that you can enhance about yourself in chess. And that's why chess is such a complicated, twisted game. Because there's all, <laughs> it's always a learning process. And it's sometimes it's complicated. But once you get the process going, once you start learning, and once you start improving and enhancing your chess capabilities, it's, it's worth it, I could say, for the long run. You got to apply this in your thinking, though. Because if you don't apply this, then you're gonna stay at you're gonna stay at the level that you are now. You're gonna plateau, and once you plateau, and once you stop learning, and once you stop counseling yourself into finding better moves, into seeing the reason why, because 
<laughs> the reason why of your mistakes, then it's it's not going to work out. I think that goes for most things, too. So it, if you're not finding the mistakes in most things, especially if you're at work and you do a mistake. And you tell your boss an excuse. That isn't worth it. Yeah, you might get fired. So just think about it like that. I'll talk more about specific mistakes in other episodes. If I get messages, I'll talk more about specific mistakes because these are not the only ones. There's a lot more out there that I have not even touched on yet. And it's insane just thinking about how much chess mistakes that are out there in this world, on this planet. And H1 will deliver all these mistakes if people ask for it. Because I am H1. And H1. H1. Loves doing this. Loves talking about chess. Man. H1 does love talking about chess. Hey, thanks for listening. And if you have any questions, please, please message me. Uh, And plus, I was going to say, thanks for the support. Thanks for all that you do for me. Thanks for all the the views and just, just everybody that is just listening to this chess knowledge. I thank you a lot. And I welcome you all to come back so that we can run it back with some more chess knowledge. Thank you.